the premise of this show podcast whichever format you're watching it in uh it came because i believe when we understand people's lived experience when we get to know who people are we make a connection and it really shapes how we see that person how we interact with with that person social media has changed the dynamic of how we talk to each other and it's created a lot more hate and division in in the world because we don't have you know we don't see people anymore we sit behind a screen and we just kind of go at people and 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 it gets very lost um, the ability to understand that each person has a perspective and in fact it is so great to bring opposing points of views together and to have discussion because when we talk and we think we actually organize our thoughts and sometimes we're able to change our position we learn something we didn't know and we're able to move forward so that was the premise behind this show and it's a great opportunity to get to know a lot of my colleagues and uh, we've really enjoyed putting this show together so today it's going to be another great one very excited to bring you this one i get to work very very closely with this woman and she is an incredible human welcome Anna Roberts, Member of Parliament for King Vaughan. Thank you, Michelle. It's great to be here. Anna is, uh, she, like myself, we were first elected. We were um, two of three of us right. who unseated ministers. We did. Um, and you did really well. So your riding is a beautiful little section just on the outskirts of Toronto. A lot of people would know it. Uh, Canada, is Canada's Wonderland? It is. In your, in your riding? It is. It's actually in my riding and we're referred to as the city above Toronto. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful city and what would be the demographic of of the people in your riding so in king vaughn 95,000 um of the population are italian so there's a lot of italian heritage a lot of them uh, have come from italy or they've immigrated to canada uh, a lot of the children have been raised in an italian household so when you're uh, going door to door especially in, in the summer like towards the end of August, beginning of September, everyone's garage is open and everybody's doing tomato sauce. So you're going to see a lot of that, a lot of the old culture back. And Anna, yourself, is yes. Italian. I'm Italian heritage, born in Canada. Yes. So you have probably one of the most profound personal stories of all of the people. And it's interesting because every time you talk to somebody, you know this, everybody has an incredible story. They do. But you have had quite a journey on your personal life. You're a mom, you're grandma, but you were a foster kid as well, is that correct? Yes. So a lot of, uh, a lot of compassion comes from Anna when you see her work. <clears throat> we work together in Status of Women. You also have, you're currently married, but you, three husbands, but one of whom passed away when, how, how old was he? 38. 38 years old. Mm -hmm. Two children. Right. So you were a widow, and how old were you? 37. And you were a bank manager yep. carrying all of this load. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, you know what they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. She, uh, you're very, very compassionate and, and motherly and kind. But have you always been politically active, like your whole life? I, I think it started for me, um, I grew up with uh, my grandmother and great-grandmother. I had wonderful, wonderful role models. Uh, my great-grandmother was 93 when she passed, uh, never wore a winter coat in this country. Oh, wow. She refused to. And her biggest thrill was going to the CNE and riding the roller coaster. And I remember um, taking her to the CNE 
and we'd always be asked, well, you have to sign a waiver, not because she was too young, but because she was too old, and she would just sit there and enjoy the ride. So I was blessed to have that nurturing from my grandparents. They taught me the values that I have today. They've always, always taught me, if you can do one good deed a year, then you've fulfilled the requirement of every human being. So it's always been instilled in me to do something. And so I got involved with politics because of the volunteer work that I've done. Uh, I volunteered for many different organizations, and I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to toot, but one of the things I'm really go proud Go ahead of, and toot. We want to know. <laughs> well, toot I mean, or horn, by the way, not toot the other two. We're going to toot the You know, um, I had a sister who was uh, in a terrible accident and, um, and spent a lot of time in sick kids, so that... Um, that for me was very close to the heart. So we did a lot of fundraisings when I was in the bank as a branch manager. Uh, we would do annual fundraisings for Sick Kids Hospital because I really believe that we have the best sick children hospital in Toronto. So that was a passion of mine. Then I got involved with, uh, my sister was disabled, so I got involved with Creating Alternatives, which is an organization that was created in Vaughan for young adults with cognitive challenges. I love alternatives in my writing. It's yes. one of my favorite favorite places. And the kids are amazing, so I was involved with them for many, many years. Uh, I also got involved with our local um, seniors home. It's a very small home nestled in this beautiful country setting, and uh, it only has like 30 beds right now. And so I got involved with them. I'm their Mrs. Claus, so I, I go there at Christmas time and bring a smile to the seniors. So it, it gives me a lot of hope that someday that could be me and somebody would take that time. So my grandmother left that instilled in me that we have to, we have to as a community help each other. Uh, I also got involved with politics at the municipal, the regional, uh, provincial, and obviously the federal level. So to me, this job is about customer service. That's all it's about. It, it's not... Say it louder for the people <laughs> in the back, Anna Roberts. Uh, it is. It's about customer service. And one of the things I really believe in, we might not have all the answers, but we will try our best to help in any way that we can. And if you have that attitude, then politics is where you need to be because we need more people to care about doing good in this country. Um, I'm honored to also say that one of the branches that I was uh, managing in Nobleton uh, before I left on my last month there, I got 100% on my CSI, which is your customer service index. Because if you believe in customer service, then you believe that politics is for you. That's, that's so great. And uh, it's really evident, you know, and, and it's a real learning curve, right? The procedure and process yeah. in terms of parliament. Um, but I think, I think if you have a real passion and desire to serve and help people, all of that other stuff can can be learned, but it's that is the essence of, of oh, what yeah. the point For of this sure. is. Anna and I sit on status of women, and you've done some incredible uh, work and and a lot of things on human trafficking. But Anna, what like you have all this powerful lived experience of like quite frankly like trauma, like a lot of trauma. Like your current husband is in a home. Yes. Right? Like mm -hmm. it, it's, and she just kind of nonchalant. No, no, everything. Like she's always got a smile on her face. She's always helping other people. She's always giving people stuff. I'll tell you this really quick, funny story about Anna because it sums up who she is. So we went on 
a tour, like a, a trip for status of women on human trafficking. We were studying across the country and we went to Halifax and we were coming back and we were in the airport and Anna had come up to me and she goes, oh, I bought this, this sweater. Um, you know, at the airport, and it, you know, it was beautiful. And I go, oh my God, I love that. She goes, here, take it. I'm like, what? no, I'm not taking. <laughs> that is the essence of who she is, whatever. She brought a carrot cake to my office on Monday. I think you baked it at like four o'clock in the morning. I did. <laughs> she cooks dinners for all of the MPs, prime rib, lasagna is an appetizer. Um, you're just, and you go at a pace like you're not like, you know, not that you're old, you're not old, but you're no. not like a baby by any means. Yeah. You go at a pace that I find challenging. You have a bad knee, like you're waiting to get a knee surgery. Yeah. And yet you're everywhere going, going, going. Like, how do you maintain that stamina? What's your, what's your kind of driving force? And to stay mm. positive. I think it's, it's just, I love what I do. Um, even at the bank, I was always passionate about what I do. And I think if you look at this as a chore, then it becomes disappointing. But if you look at this as a passion, which I do, yeah. then it enthusiasm, the enthusiasm to do better, it just, it, it's drilled into me. Okay, I'll go home at night and I'll say, okay, what did I do? What was, what was positive today what was negative what do I need to change how can I do a better job tomorrow or how can I practice or how can I you know research what I need to do in in tomorrow's work or the next day or the future so I think if you have a passion for it it just energizes me and I think that's what keeps me going honestly it's it's amazing and I think that's a real gift to have that because I think back when you say that you know your husband was 38, you 38 said, and you yeah. were 37. 37 years old and a widow and he died suddenly right yeah he came home with a cold and within a few hours he was gone what happened myocarditis and back in you know that was 28 years ago they uh, they really didn't know a lot about it yeah so today um, unfortunately my current husband also has it and today they do have medication um, it won't cure it but it'll it'll help so yeah like how do you and, and your first husband i don't know how much you want to share about that marriage but if you want to like it yeah wasn't that a, that it was wasn't a, a great one either no it wasn't it wasn't a great marriage um unfortunately you know it didn't last so it was a lesson learned uh do i regret it i don't know that i regret it i just think that when you're young and you don't have the capability of making those decisions it was a wrong decision but I learned something from it. I learned that you need to make sure that moving forward, you understand the relationships and what you're getting into. And I think I was just too young to understand that. So that grief of being a widow at such a young age and losing your husband, who you were you know, really in love with, um, mm -hmm. how did you get through that time of grief? Like what was your coping? Um, I think the fact that I had two young children really doesn't give you, and, and as a mother yourself, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have a lot of time to grieve. You don't have a lot of time to worry about yourself because you have two young children that need you. Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for them. And so I just kept going and I had a lot of support from my family and friends. Uh, I, you know, my, my friends were amazing. Um, 
my late husband's family were amazing. I took the kids back home to Newfoundland every year. My late husband was from Badger, Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. And so the Robert's side of our family, absolutely amazing. They made sure that the children understood the background of where their father mm -hmm. came from. So I would travel with my brother-in-law, who's passed away as well, and his partner, and we would take them through the island and show them, you know, this, this is your, your heritage. So I think that kept me going because I had that support. It's incredible, right? You, when you uh, when you think about all the things that you've managed to to overcome, and yet here you are still serving other people. We often there's often a saying: you give what you wish you had gotten, mm -hmm. right? Which is what you talk about when you do yeah. the seniors kind of thing. What's been the most frustrating part for you in this job? Because I know you and I sometimes kind of throw our hands in the air. It is hard some days to sit across. It is from uh, from that prime minister. But I, I I guess what would be the what would be your most frustrating part? I think the most frustrating part for me is the fact that when I um, talk, when I speak to my um, constituents and I listen to the struggles that they're going through and I try and bring that forward, I feel that sometimes it's on deaf ears and nobody's listening. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to be here, I'm supposed to be their voice, yep. but I can't be that voice because our party's not in power, which is sad when you have, I'll give you a perfect example. You still can though. I mean, we still yeah, are we, their voice. We are. But it's, it is a lot harder to make decisions, right? True. And so when you have seniors calling you, uh, I'll give you a recent example. One of my seniors who um, stayed home, raised her four children, did a great job. And her children are all contributing to society. She went back to work in her late 50s. So she goes back to work. Um, her husband retires at the age of 65. She continues to work until he falls ill. And a few years, she had to leave work to, to care for him, and a few years later he passed. So now her, her income has diminished because yeah. she loses her husband's pension, and she's looking for a job. So I give her credit. She went out, she found a job. Three weeks later, COVID hit, uh. so they let her go. So she's trying everything to manage. She's rented out a room in her home. She's offered to do like small little jobs so that she can manage to stay. She has a small, beautiful little townhouse and she wants to stay there because let's be honest, when you get to a certain age, moving a senior out of that community makes it a challenge. Mm -hmm. This is what they've known their whole life. So when I hear those challenges and I hear what they have to go through and the struggles, I, I search inside myself and say, what do we need to do to make sure that, that we can help the individuals that want to work? Mm -hmm. Like she explained to me her taxes and the amount that she has to pay. And she says at the end of the month, there's barely enough for her to buy groceries. Yeah. So I think we need to do better. We need to find a way to solve this problem that this country has of this inflationary situation. It's not helping a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, no, so that bothers me. It's, it is hard. It is hard. But I would say the silver lining of us being uh, first-time elected members of Parliament in opposition, I find, is that we get to watch every day what not to do. Right. And what, learning what not to do really leads you closer of what you do want to achieve. And I think that that is, is really powerful, right? Yeah. Because I think, I think it's such a learning curve to learn the process and procedure, but to watch some of the things that happen you're like I when I'm in power when we're in power like we can't 
we can't do that. No. Like, we can't dismiss Canadians and divide Canadians the way that we've seen seen happen under this government. Okay, what's your favorite part? Um, I have to tell you, my favorite part was meeting the colleagues that we work with, both in our party and, and even across the aisle, because we've met some really incredible mm -hmm. people. And so the relationships that we, we build with our colleagues is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I've met a new section of my life. I call it my, you know, my, my conservative party family. And they're just amazing. They're always willing to help. They're always willing to, you know, fill in. Uh, give you an example. Last May, when I got a call from home that my, my husband had to be rushed to hospital, my colleagues stepped up. Like, no questions asked. They stepped up. That's what we need more of. We need that to expand right across this whole country. We need to step up for the Canadian public. And that's what I'm so happy I can hopefully achieve. Well, that's what you do for all of us too, Anna, right? You get what you give, right? Yeah. Like there's nothing, I can't yeah. think of anything. If I was to phone Anna anytime, text her anytime, she'd drop what she's doing and she would, she would help me. Like that's just who you are at your, at your core of, of your person. So um, I, you. I, think, I think that's why people would do whatever. Um, okay, so let's uh, talk about a, a bit about what you like to do. Because my God, woman, I don't know how you have any extra time. So do you, uh, what's your favorite food? Um, I'm a meat and potatoes girl, believe it or not. Yeah. So I love my prime rib. But I do uh, pastas and I do veal and I do uh, tomato sauce. So we, we still do that. I live near the Holland Marsh. So I get great tomatoes. I do sun-dried tomatoes. So uh, I like to entertain and provide a good meal for people. So that's why we do what we do for the, the MPs because as you know, Michelle, this job does not allow you a lot of time for healthy eating. No. So by doing this, it's a team building event. And I know Ryan Williams and I started this yes. because we, we wanna be able to have that hour or two where we can just let our, ha our hair down and be normal again. Mm. And uh, I think it's working really well. It's amazing, it's amazing. Yeah, Ryan mm. is a really great, another great community builder in our team. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, favorite movie of all time? Uh, favorite movie I would have to say would be the, um, the football movie, and I'm trying to think of the name of it, where uh, he worked so hard to get to. Rudy. That's it. I love that movie. Great movie. Love that movie. It's a great movie. It really shows what you can do when you have no other choices but to work hard. Yeah. And I think that's the way I was raised. It's a great feel good yeah. movie. It's a it's a powerful and it's a true story. It's true great, story. It's a great movie. Yeah. Great movie. Favorite music song? Uh well, Tina Turner. Uh Simply the Best? Yes. I just, uh, she has, especially being part of FIO, as you and I know, mm -hmm. um, the violence against women, she showed us that we can overcome. Yeah. So I've got to say that that's been one of my favorite songs. Okay, so before we wrap up, I, I know you do so much work in the, the GTA, um, Greater Toronto Area, and in particular with our leader, Pierre Polyev. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious how you would describe Pierre to people watching. Oh my God. Um, you get to see him. It's funny, like what we see versus what people see or what the media shows. Diana's I, I, with him a lot. I find that, um, and I'll give you a perfect example. I have a team member that's on my team and uh, a as a volunteer. She was a 24-year counselor who was adopted. She met Pierre for the first time. And the second time that she met him, she was shocked 
that he remembered her name yeah. and he remembered everything about her. I don't know how he does that. I would love to take that brain and understand it because I have a hard time remembering things. But he's compassionate, he's understanding, he listens. And he listens to us, which is different. So I like the fact that he'll listen to our ideas. We may, might not always agree, but he gives us, as MPs, the opportunity to express ourselves. And I find that really refreshing because I think it's important if we're going to um, speak about, like every riding is different in this country and we know it. We need to be able to share that with our leader so that he understands where we're coming from. And I find that no matter where I go in the GTA, people just gravitate to him. They, they love what he's saying. He answers them. He respects them. He's very respectful. And he cares. And I think that comes across. Mm -hmm. No matter where you go, no matter what platform he's on, he's genuine. And I think that's what people want today. They want someone that's honest, respectful, and genuine. And that's him, yeah. in a nutshell. It's pretty, it's pretty neat to watch him uh, with people. He's a, he is an exceptional. Very. He will go down in history. Is, yeah. uh, he is an, an exceptional. I call My saying is he's the Elvis of politics. Yes, yes. He's a disruptor. The rock star, yeah. yeah but he's a disruptor, right? Yeah. He does things differently that have never been done before. Absolutely. And, and that rocks people, right? Yeah. That rocks people. One of the things he says, and I love it, it's like, you may not always get your way, but you'll always get your say. Yeah. And that's like what he says to us. And I yeah. think it's really, when you're, when you're leading a team, um, that is that is it and i know like ann and i can speak to this like it it does motivate you right it, it motivates you to uh and to have he's very courageous which i find bleeds into us so then you you, you get very courageous too to to see i can help people we can help people um and i think that's great uh anna banana which is what i call her all the time <laughs> uh anything else you want to share with everybody i just um you know i want to let people know that i was a foster child and I have no problems with disclosing that. And one of the things I've learned through my experience as a foster child is that every child deserves an opportunity to flourish in this country. And if as parents or foster parents or adoptive parents, regardless, if we can instill the simple respect of every person to treat each and every one of us, regardless of where you come from, regardless of your nationality, this world would be such a better place to live. And I think between my grandparents and my foster mom, uh, God rest their souls, they, they instilled that in me. And when I look at someone, I don't judge them for who they are. If they have a good heart, that heart will flourish right across. Mm -hmm. So I'm really grateful for that. And to my community, I mean, King Vaughn voted me in, and I'm here to support them, um, whether you voted for me or not. So I'm really happy to be here for that. That's awesome. And I love that you said that, because I actually believe that there's a saying that um, Dr. Shanker says, it's one of my favorite, um, he's a child, uh, self-regulation child psychologist. And <clears throat> he says, you never really know the potential of a child. Like, yeah. you, nobody actually knows no. what what you know who would have known that pierre was going to be the next prime minister who would yeah. have known that what you were going to do who would know what you know the the people behind the nobody actually knows the potential it's like watering a flower and children are our future and i love that i love that you uh said that in that way because it's really it's really true right and uh we got to take care of our kids and I'd like to thank all the Italians. Grazie a tutte le italiane di King Von. E una canzone per lei. 
Rose, rose per te, ho comprato stasera, in mio cuore il so, cosa voglio di te. She sings all the time too. That's the other thing Anna does. She is, uh, she's one of a kind. She's Anna Roberts and uh, we're so glad to have her on our conservative team and so our stomachs are also so fortunate when she when she cooks for us. <laughs> Thank um, you, Michelle. If anybody wants to follow you on social media, how they're going to do that, Anna? Uh, Anna Roberts MP. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all she wrote. Thanks for watching, folks. Thank you. Uh, make sure you share, comment, like, and if you've missed any of the other episodes, they're all up on the platform, YouTube, Spotify, all the places you can watch. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of People Before Politics. <laughs>